Well, we'll be ready whenever it is. Which is tonight. Tonight, okay. Not okay. It can't be tonight. My calculations are precise. They're bad calculations. Bad. Buffy has a really important date. Owen. All right. Well, I'll just jump in my time machine, go back to the 12th century, and ask the vampires to postpone their ancient prophecy for a few days while you take in dinner and a show. And welcome to Jim Was Cancelled, a Buffy podcast. I am Jess. And I am Stosh. And today we are talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 1, Episode 5, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. <laughs> um, Did you have any corrections or additions you wanted to make to past episodes? I do. I have, it's just real quick, two things that I wanted to note about episode one. So I put a disclaimer in the summary for episode one because I noticed that in all of my excitement in reviewing episode one, when I was comparing Giles to Buffy, I was trying to explain their personalities and when doing that I described Giles as British and instead of elaborating on that I like cut myself off and didn't go further into that and so it almost made it seem like I was trying to insinuate that all British people are old-fashioned and stuffy and can't be like Buffy they're all like Giles and what I meant by that was that back in the 90s American television liked to use British characters to kind of reflect that stereotype and I don't feel like like all British people are like that. And it was just something that was just kind of a tome of the time, if you will. But they really heavily lean into that, especially in this first season of like, he's so British, he's so boring. And like, I think a lot of Americans used to think that about British people. But if you meet British people in real life, they're not all like that. So the other thing I had was I was listening to episode one and you were talking about the master stabbing the guy in the eye. And I think you thought that was Jesse. And it was definitely not Jesse that he stabbed in the eye. It was just a random vampire. Oh, yeah. I completely <laughs> misunderstood what was going on there then. It was one of the unnamed vampire lackeys. So I think he was doing it to reprimand the guy because the master is very violent with his lackeys if they fail him. So Yeah, that's definitely what was going on. I just thought it was Jesse that was being reprimanded. No, Jesse was still a human at that point in time. He was not seen as anything. And the master just was upset. I think that he didn't get a snack. So he just blocked out the eye of one of his vampires. So that's why when you saw Jesse later, he still had both of his eyes. I mean, I didn't even remember seeing Jesse again, so it doesn't matter. He could have just died there. So did you have any corrections you wanted to make? I did actually think of one. It's not really a correction, but just a clarification for you. Okay. Is I keep saying shit like, I don't know if that person's going to come back or not. And multiple times you've been like, yeah, they died. So no. (laughs) And I am very used to like the world of like comic books and stuff where death does not matter. It like someone dies in their first issue and like six years later, someone who liked it is just like, oh, they survived. It was this person. It was anything. So I never think death is permanent when I'm watching TV or a movie. And honestly, that's a good point. And I guess I can try to stop doing that to just like avoid spoilers in the future. And I think the only times that that happened was with Luke and... You did it with Luke and Amy's mom? 
I apologize for doing that and I will. You're fine. Desist. I just wanted to explain. Because I do think it is important to, you know, keep these characters in mind and I won't tell you if any of them come back or if any of them don't come back. We've been really advertising this as a spoiler-free podcast, so I want to keep that. Oh yeah, if anyone listened to episode zero and heard that censor bar, yeah. that was me revealing a big spoiler I just happened to know. Well, any other clarifications or corrections? Nope, move on to the next part. Awesome. Well, everyone, today we're super excited. I love this episode so much. It's one of my favorite episodes of season one. And then also something super excited is we have our first guest appearance for our podcast. Everyone say hello to my sister, Chelsea. And Chelsea, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. <laughs> She's here. I know that I've mentioned her a couple of times. She and I watched Buffy together growing up, and she's also a huge Buffy fan, so we just wanted to have her on the show. We want to have multiple other guests, but she is our first, and we're really excited to have her, so yay. Chelsea, I didn't tell you that I was going to do this to you, but as a little icebreaker, I want you to tell us your top five, and I guess it doesn't even have to be your top five. It can be just the first five that come to mind. Five comfort television shows that you come back to and binge watch on the reg. Obviously, I hold an annual Angel and Buffy marathon, Slay Temper and Slay Tober. So there's that. I've watched Gilmore Girls a million times. Awesome show. Also set in the 90s. I've watched NCIS a hundred times. I've watched Criminal Minds. So Buffy, Gilmore Girls. No, Buffy, Angel, Gilmore Girls, NCIS, NCIS and Criminal Minds. Interesting. Not the originals. No. Or the I watched Diaries. the originals and the Vampire Diaries both once. I think I watched the originals probably a second and third time. But I don't, I just, I don't come back to it as often hmm. as some other things. Interesting. Stasha, have you seen any of those shows? No. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some of Buffy. Cool. <laughs> you're, you're getting there. Yeah. A whole five episodes, if you will. Yeah. On that's top like of that. That's like the first season. That's what I've been told. <laughs> I haven't looked ahead. Episode six will be halfway through the first season of she 12 episodes. Like. Yeah, like. Five like, is like half I'm, of 12. I'm agreeing with her. <laughs> anyway, jumping right in. Let's go ahead and start our summary, which, Stosh, do you want to kick us off? All right. So we start out with Buffy and, well, I guess she's fighting a vampire. Yep. I assume we haven't seen him before, but I'm bad with faces. We have not seen him before. Okay. And then after she kills him, Giles pops up and starts giving her some pointers. <laughs> That she did not want. <laughs> yeah, but what's his job other than giving her pointers? A watcher watches. <laughs> uh-huh. Does not interfere. Okay, but are we not going to acknowledge the line, I'm Buffy and your history? We haven't been properly introduced. I'm Buffy and your history. Yes! This episode has so many great lines in it, though. So many. Then we cut to the master doing some prophecy shit, which was fine, but quick. He... The prophecy is, five shall die, and from their ashes, the anointed will rise. The slayer will not stop him. The slayer will not... She will yeah. not know him. I don't know if either of you are even going to know what I'm talking about, but the master in his stupid fucking gold robe <laughs> looks just like Snoke from the new Star Wars movie. His gold robe? It's it not... looks gold in the lighting. I don't think it's actually it's, gold. Yeah, though. it had yellowish gold lighting, say, but he was like wearing leather. black. Yeah. But he does look a lot looks, like, it like looks Snoke. Like, it looks like he's just like decked out in like a gilded fucking robe. He does like, look a lot terrible. like him. And like maybe the guy who made Snoke in the Star Wars show is a huge Buffy fan. He definitely 
definitely could have been. I cannot take the master seriously. That's he fine. looks like he drank too much Kool-Aid and is whiny. And he talks with an overbite in a way that's like, I don't know, he thinks he's so cool and he's not. He's lame. Yeah. Did you see his shitty gold robe? <laughs> Yeah. So then we cut to the library and Giles and Buffy are doing some research and Buffy's like, hey, look, there's some symbols. And Giles was like, I don't think those matter. And then Buffy was like, they totally do here. And Giles was like, ooh, the Order of Aurelius. I just liked that a lot. Oh, you did? Yeah. I liked the her getting like a point over him. That was fun. But with all his books of lore and knowledge, I don't believe that he saw a symbol that comes from a sect he's read about and didn't think that was anything. Yeah. And then she opened to the page like in half <laughs> a second right book. and she was just like yeah it's right here like <laughs> it was a fun interaction but completely unbelievable on both yeah, ends i can see that and then in walks owen mm. and giles is like what do you want <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking killer customer which is service. the correct response to owen and then there's this whole thing about how he's obsessed with emily dickinson buffy calls her emily dickens and then owen's like i didn't think you read books but you're pretty so i'll see you later and then giles was like she's a good poet for all that she's an american sorry he just said for an american because he went for uh and she went a girl yeah and he went no an American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was being aggressive. Not aggressive, but... I can't think of the word either. I can see it on your face and I'm trying to help you. I don't know. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. I it's, it's think okay. I also know the word you're going for, but can't think of it. If you know the word I'm going for, please <laughs> As fast as you can, please. Through time and space, but moving How on. How sweet would it be if I just got an email right now? <laughs> Some from some random person like Buffy fan five one three. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So then we go to the cafeteria. Yeah, and I really appreciated the lunchroom food because <laughs> like oh, it was so gross, but oh, also kind of real. Not you for know her. how I am with food, yeah. so immediately I checked out. I was like, I, nope, I can't. <laughs> that might be kale. You're high. <laughs> it's either kale or string tea. Oh yeah. <laughs> I gagged. Uh, yeah. You shouldn't be eating while you watch that scene. <laughs> Especially anything green. <laughs> they're in there and they're talking about stuff and then Buffy sees Owen and she goes over there and Cordelia hip checks her. Which I did rewind and watch <laughs> like three times to confirm that she purposely hip checked her and then also just rewatched because it was fun to watch. I was going to say that's silly because she says it specifically. Since you're sitting here alone. Or yeah. no, since no. this seat is empty. No, I, yeah, I got that. But I wasn't sure she purposely hip checked her as, maybe, as much as the first time I saw it, I thought maybe she was just trying to beat her to the seat or something and bumped yeah. into her. Mm-hmm. Well, but it's I'm, very clear on the rewatch. She's yeah. like, boom! Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, awesome. I am curious, did she do it on purpose? Because oh, I've yeah. always kind of been like... "It's Oh, it's 100% oh, yeah. on purpose. Oh, yeah. I had to rewind to check, but it's oh, yeah. very clear. And then Cordelia invites him to go to the bronze. He says, well, is Buffy going to be there? And he invites Buffy to go right in front of Cordelia. And then Willow's freaking out and she's like, I'm so excited for you and this is such a big deal. And Buffy's like, it's not a big deal which is such a teenage girl conversation to have yeah right and yeah. and then well it's like giles tell her it's a big deal and he was like it's a big deal and then they were like wait what are you talking about he's like what are you talking about and they said boys and he said i'm talking about trouble and my brain automatically was like same thing same thing <laughs> so you guys are on the same page it's cool then he tells buffy they have to go into battle and then they cut to the cemetery scene where they're bored out of their minds yeah you couldn't have told me 90 percent ago yeah giles was like maybe i did miscalculate 
too late. Buffy's like, okay, so I can go to the bronze. And he's like, I guess. <laughs> and then it pans to him and he's like, five shall die and from their ashes, the anointed will rise. Yeah. So he was thinking he miscalculated because there were no fresh graves. So five hadn't died. Mm-hmm. And the second he mumbled, five shall die. I was like, oh, they haven't died yet. And I paused it, wrote down prediction. The five just haven't died yet. <laughs> and then it panned to this bus. And I was like, oh. And on the with, bus. Where it specifically shows five people. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Four people plus a bus driver. Maybe I'm not as clever as I thought. At the bronze, Owen's with Cordelia. So Buffy leaves. Then there's this cutesy scene between her and Xander. And then Owen re-invites her on a date for that night. And then Buffy clears it with Giles that she can go <laughs> without really giving him a chance to say she can't. I don't know if you skipped over it or not. There's a part where it pans to the master and he's yelling at his insubordinates, telling him not to fail. Something about that part of the prophecy where one gets hungry and goes out and dies. That was, you were too busy talking about the gold cloak. No, 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 no. Oh, that was a different that, time? Yeah, that was absolutely a different time because I wrote them down separately. It's definitely two. Okay, yeah, because um, the only note I wrote for that is that we learned that the master is trapped, which is good lore building because we didn't know he was trapped in that cave before. It never, it has not explicitly said it yet. I feel like he said it in episode one. In the harvest, because the whole point of Luke sucking the life out of all those people was to give the master strength to break free. Right, for the apocalypse. I caught that it was... I caught that it was just strength to start the apocalypse, not to break free from the cave. Yeah, Well, to break free and start the apocalypse. I, yeah. I guess I just didn't realize he needed to break free, so that line didn't land with me. So I thought this was new information. Yeah, and the... Which, so, you guys have seen this show a lot, so I miss little details like yeah, that. So right. that felt like new information to me, so it which, felt relevant to bring up. It's, it's fine. The scene in episode one or two, I don't remember which one it was, Willow and Giles were talking about how there was a big earthquake back in, like, 09 or some time period like that and that's when the master fell below ground in 1909 yeah i was like oh nine that hadn't even happened yet (laughs) and this is like 12 years prior (laughs) yeah it was a very mystical conversion no in 1909 and the master got like trapped below sunnydale and that's why he's got like this mystical barrier keeping him down there that makes sense he got trapped in the helmet Either way, it made it more clear to me when he went and like tapped on the barrier. And there was some magic. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, word. I didn't know he couldn't leave. I thought he was just like weakened from being underground for so long. Well, apologies for skipping that scene, I guess. It wasn't. Yeah, you should be sorry. Relevant to me for some reason. How dare you? So then what? Because you know all the lore. Yeah. (laughs) That's why it's not relevant to you. So what happened after that? They're at the bronze and Xander's being kind of a jerk to Buffy. And then. At the bronze? Oh, no. That's at Buffy's house when Owen's there to pick her up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. When, when they're uh, trying to pick yeah, clothes. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to pick clothes and Xander's being a jerk. That's mm-hmm. My note just says I can't decide if I hate Xander being a jerk or not. <laughs> That's why I was like, I remember him being a jerk the whole episode. <laughs> just pick a scene. <laughs> Well, it's fair. Because um, then Giles shows up and he's like, shows her the thing about the bus crash. Mm-hmm. And he's going to go check out the funeral home. And Owen shows up. Yeah. And Giles said something about the anointed one. Yeah. I wrote down star, look up anointed. And then I did not do that. So I don't know what that <laughs> means. And I'll need to figure that out. But then Owen shows up and they drag him into the other room. So Buffy can talk to Giles for a minute. Yeah, because how weird is it that the librarian just showed up at her house? He really yeah. cares about his job. Yeah, I wrote that down. Man, you really care about your work. I did too. <laughs> like, and it's not acknowledged, but mom doesn't say anything either. Hey, the librarian came over to talk to my underage daughter. It's fine. I'm like, like pretty sure her mom's just not home. It does seem that way. 
because she's a single mom and she's opening an art gallery, which makes me think that she probably had to work late just from having a single mom in our lives. Who can afford to have parents around when you're the protagonist of a TV show? Right. (laughs) You got dates to go on and (laughs) vampires to slay. But yeah, Giles is like, you're not getting off that easily. And then Xander and Willow talk to Owen for a second. And then Giles agrees to let Buffy go on her date reluctantly. So Buffy and... Owen leave and Giles decides to go to the funeral home by himself. And this is where we go to the bronze. Yes. And and Buffy's I, bored. And I have decided as a musician, I'm going to start being more proactive about, in the, the about the music in this show. <laughs> so I did Shazam it while the live band was playing and they are a real band. Uh, yeah. The song they were playing when it panned in was called Strong. Uh, the band is called Velvet Chain. I think all uh, of there was the band was a lot bands, of them. Or, yeah. yeah. There, there was a song playing earlier in the episode that was not from a real band. Oh. That's why. Or if it was, Shazam didn't know it. I guess I didn't really put more work into it than that. Yeah, Yeah, no, uh, the bronze bands are usually... Yeah, and you could tell because it went through like four of their songs. Strong is the only one I wrote the name of down. Yeah. Yeah. But it kept changing to different songs and they were just still playing live. And you could tell they were really playing or really knew what they were doing if it was mimicked. Yeah. yeah, but you can just tell Buffy is not feeling it, but she's trying. She's trying real hard to enjoy this date. She insisted she really wanted <laughs> to go on. And Cordelia shows up, tries to. Which, like, we've all been there, right? Like, you were really excited for a date that just ends up being a huge disappointment. I'll yeah. be honest, I didn't know she was bored. Oh, you didn't? No. She's, like, checking your beeper and, and stuff. I and caught he... that, but I thought it was because she was actually worried it was going off, not because she was bored with him. And here, ladies Cause... and gentlemen, is the difference between men and... <laughs> And women. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> maybe. There's a scene later because she goes to dance with him. Cordelia shows up. It flashes to Giles in the funeral home and he like runs into vampires and then he hides and Xander and Willow say they'll go get Buffy and then it flashes back to them and they're not dancing anymore. They're like leaning against the stairs really awkwardly not talking and then he's like, you want something to eat? And she's like, yeah. So there's like little subtle nuances that are like clear that she's like not sure what to talk to him about and they're like... That's fair. I think I wasn't paying super close attention to that scene. Because you were too busy being amped that Angel was showing up? Absolutely not. Because <laughs> I was pretty amped that Angel was showing well, up. Well, he wasn't Mr. there yet before. Mr. Tall, Dark, and Broody. Yeah. <laughs> Missed me with that shit. <laughs> It was before that, before it panned to Giles at the funeral home when she was like in the corner and he was talking about how he reads Emily Dickinson because he's brilliant to death. And uh, he said something about her seeming like two different people. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what he said. I should have rewound and wrote it down. But he said something that made me think that it like reminded her to check her beeper and then it showed her check her beeper. So I didn't associate it that way. But looking back after hearing you two talk, I see that that was what it was trying to tell me. It was really subtle. But I didn't pick up on that until this watch through. Okay. I will tell you that. I didn't realize Buffy was bored until yeah. watching it today. I, yeah. Once again, having been told she was bored, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. So Cordelia shows up and then they pan to Giles at the funeral home and Xander and Willow. Fucking go, real homies. <laughs> go get Buffy. And so then it goes back to the bronze and Cordelia's complaining. Angel walks in, immediately goes to Buffy. Cordelia is like annoyed but we don't really care about that because angel's on the screen (laughs) yeah 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 but hold on a minute because throughout this entire conversation stash you've been upset that xander's being a jerk through this entire episode Uh i mean i brought that up once but you're right (laughs) we just acknowledge the fact that cordelia is acting exactly the same way as xander and nobody's pissed off at her for it uh 
I don't think she is acting the same way as Xander. She's also jealous and petty and being rude. I'm curious yeah. why you think nobody doesn't like that, because we definitely are not fans of Cordelia <laughs> on this podcast yet, at uh, least. No, I don't remember where we were. Sorry. No, you're fine. Angel walks right up to Buffy. This is the first time I feel like we've seen Angel really be... No, I guess he was in the episode where he gives her his jacket, but like you can tell it's no longer the weird character that they had in episode one. He's more like a little more broody. He, he had purpose being there, Yeah, I guess. Like you could tell he knew why he was there and before I don't think... He did. Yeah. Almost like he started out filler yeah. and then ended up being a really good idea. And he like shows up to give Buffy a warning and then he realizes she tells him that she's on a date and he gets all jealous and... Angel gets jealous? Yeah. And yes. He, he, there's such good face acting. And go David Boreanaz has such good face acting in that scene. And then when Xander and Willow show up, they're like, oh, we thought we'd double date. Let's go to the funeral home. And Buffy's like, oh, we, ha- that, we have to go. And that then- was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, that, that whole interaction was really good. My favorite part of that whole thing, though, was when Buffy pulls Owen aside to talk to him. And like you can see Buffy's Angel. face and Owen's face, but then right between them is Angel in the yeah. background, just so broody. And I was like, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Angel's like, I like him a lot. I don't know if you knew that He's about me. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, I did. He's definitely tall, dark, and salty goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially in that episode. I just really yeah. like that whole, you're on a date? <laughs> <laughs> Which I do want to point out, like, she has his leather jacket. So, like, I know that that's not, like, commitment or anything, but, like. No, but if she's only seen him, like, three times. Yeah, and he just shows up to be like, yo, you're in danger, and then he bounces. Yeah, and then she's like, see ya. So I'm not saying that she did anything wrong because there's no like commitment there or anything like that. But I do think it's, I was like, wow, Buffy, you know, he like gave no. you his jacket and stuff I and disagree. you're just throwing it in his face that you're on a date. I disagree. I think that she really stood up for herself. You don't treat me well and I don't like the way you treat me. So I'm going to date somebody who does. That's fair. Except Owen. Well, she doesn't stay with him, but she <laughs> gave it a shot because she wanted something better than what she had. That's I think true. that's fair. I mean, she didn't really have anything at that point or like, yeah, she so didn't have anything. She told him so. to take a hike because yeah. he wasn't providing anything. Well, she I didn't think that's tell him fair. to take a hike, but she was just like, yeah, I'm on a date. And then I really liked the fact that as Buffy's leaving, it like pans so that you see Owen and Angel both in the same shot and they're both looking at her the same way and they're both like broody because Willow does talk about how she watched Owen brood for 40 minutes straight one time yeah. and she clocked him. And so I was like... I do not remember her saying that. Yeah, <laughs> she does. In the he cafeteria. He for like 45 minutes straight. I clocked him. Yeah. That's was, hilarious. Yeah. Willow had some really good lines mm-hmm. in this episode. The um, sass is coming out yeah. starting here. Yeah. So then they go to the funeral home and Owen just followed them. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody thought that that might happen. So then Buffy goes in. She saves Giles. Yo, she saves Giles. I would not be able to handle just hanging out in a little cubby with a dead body for who knows how long. He came out of there. I was like, oh my God. Like, and he I was, was just fine. He was yeah. like, yeah, it's fine. No, I... I think I, that every time I watch this episode, I'm like, I don't think I would hang out in there. No. Especially because there were empty ones. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I, yeah, like, why did he get in an empty one? I feel like I would have hidden in an empty one. That would have yeah, been Yeah, for sure. I, uh, at work today, our generator shut off that powers our dark room mm-hmm. while we were developing film. Mm-hmm. And it's like the darkest room I've ever been in. And for the, for the three minutes that it took us to develop film, I like had a whole existential crisis <laughs> because it was so dark. Like I couldn't tell the difference between my eyes being open and closed. And yeah. I was, oh, I don't like that. Dude, yeah. it was freaky. Yeah. Uh, so then to come home and watch a guy come out of a gummy with a dead body, I was like, oh, that's so much worse. 
Yeah, at least there was nothing dead there. Yeah. <laughs> then Owen's like, oh, I've never seen a dead body before. Because he pulls back the curtain and then you can see. I called him They're creepy. They're in the observatory room. Yeah. And it I called... says it on the door. Okay. I called Thank him. Thank God you're here. I didn't catch that either. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I noticed that there was a flower room and I was like, that's weird. And I was like, well, no, it's not weird, actually. Not really. <laughs> then I moved on. And then I know Giles said what his real name was, the vampire guy who died. But well, I called but, him creepy vamp guy. But so creepy vamp guy is like on the observatory thing with a sheet over him. Owen's like, do dead bodies usually move? And then he comes out and chases them, fights Buffy. Owen almost dies. She cremates him she says the iconic line you killed my boyfriend you, you killed, killed my, my date. date oh that's the one uh, uh, also me. the vampire gets up and we notice that he has chest tattoos and a back tattoo could either of you read his back tattoo because I, I could not i, I tried couldn't. so hard i did actually try and i couldn't I, read what it said i paused and rewound and i was like my eyes just suck and they there's no focus on this I honestly didn't look, to That's be honest okay. with you. In yeah. all the millions of time I've watched. I'm not upset with you. But so, next year, when I find out you watched again and didn't look, I will be upset with okay. you. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. In September, you better check. I guess this year. September. Get it right. Well, I, said, I just said September. That's still the month. No, it's no, September. It's oh, that's the new month. Okay. Apologies. Yeah, figure it out. Anyways, Owen gets knocked out, and then it turns out he's not dead. And then he's like, I'm going to walk home. Buffy thought she blew it with him. And and then it pans to school the next day. They're walking down the steps and Owen walks up to them. Will and Xander make their leave. Owen wants to see Buffy again, but it's because he really wants to like feel adrenaline rushes. Be danger guy. Danger yeah. man. Yeah. And so Buffy says no. That's not going to work. And then she and Giles have a really cute heart to heart moment where he talks about how his dad told him he had to be a watcher and it wasn't what he originally wanted. Buffy was like, I just realized that it would put him in jeopardy to be with me. And then you think that that's the end of the episode, but it pans to the master who is talking to the anointed one. I liked that twist a lot. Who was a little boy. (laughs) (laughs) The creepy kid. Hey. That guy, his name was Borba. Okay, Andrew Borba. So we're going to move into our pop quiz. So my first question was, what were your thoughts on Xander's behavior in this episode? Do you feel like he was too over the top? I do think he was too over the top. Cause like, but I also get it. <laughs> I feel I like... I can relate to wanting to act that way, but I have self-control. Yeah, I just feel like this was the episode that I liked Xander the least, and at least I, of what we've watched so I far. I totally get that. In these five episodes, because like the thing that crossed the line for me was him trying to watch her in the mirror. Yeah. Yes, know? absolutely. I don't remember him trying to watch her in the mirror. When she's changing changing in the... I don't remember. I remember him making like a joke like... You're not bothering me. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And then he turned around and and was looking in her makeup mirror trying to catch a glimpse of her changing. I totally didn't see that. He like messed up with it. That is gross. I agree. And like... Yeah. I I liked the joke because right that's, the joke that's, is in front of her face yeah no but that, that's different yeah that's a lot different than just being a perv and trying to catch her in the mirror agreed I agree. that's and I feel like cool. it was out of character for Xander because even I though mean, he's we're five been, episodes in and his character has been completely different every single episode well yeah so well. is anything really out of character for him yet 
I feel like he hasn't done anything that skeevy yet. I mean, he bought her I mean, that bracelet and but... he's like been flirty with her and stuff. But like, I feel like that crosses a line between teenage boy interest and being inappropriate. I, yeah. But maybe in the 90s, that was a little more blurred. I don't know. Um, no. I mean, so... it's never okay to look at somebody without their permission. Well, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I'm Jesse, not saying that what... it's okay now or I yeah, don't no, think no. it was okay then either, but I think no. it was a little bit more. It's, yeah. It's like the difference between okay and socially acceptable are different. Yeah. And like it's the 90s was had a lot more of a boys will be boys vibe. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it's okay, but that's why it got onto TV. Yeah. Um, That. Yeah. Once again, not cool. I'm not saying anyone should do that in the 90s or now. Right. But, but it, it happened. It, and it would raise less eyebrows back then because it's just like, yeah, sure. that's what a teenage boy would do. Try to sure. catch her in the mirror. Well, and it's probably gross. it's her fault because she didn't make him leave and blah, blah. I know. Yeah. I gotcha. Which well, that's obviously. Some shit people would still say today, which isn't cool. Which is yeah, not okay. It's either. super gross. But, and I don't want to dwell on it because it's making me uncomfortable even now. So sorry. Let's, let's, no, no, it's okay. It's good a conversation to have. Yeah. Question number two. What was your favorite character of the episode and who's been your favorite character overall? My favorite character of this episode was Buffy. She had a lot of sass and she was a lot of fun. Um, she had some killer lines. She had some killer lines. Yeah. yeah. It, all around a great character. I didn't love her through the whole episode. She was real hot and cold with me. But overall, she was definitely my favorite. Uh, my favorite character of the series so far is either going to be her or Willow. I think Willow needs more time to blossom. I, sure. She's the one I think I'm the most excited for over future seasons but Buffy's been a lot of fun too the more uh, her character develops in the writing I'm not going to ask you for your favorite character of this series because you've seen more than five episodes but who was your favorite character this episode and why was it Owen (laughs) it was not Owen Um, was it the master (laughs) oh yeah you know because you've established how much you like him I've read your fan fiction where (laughs) Owen and the master are the same person (laughs) (laughs) oh my god cool fanfic though um, please someone I wish, write that maybe right? i'll write it <laughs> i wish i was that creative no That'll um, be our bonus content yeah we'll read the fanfiction <laughs> jess's fanfiction i think my favorite character up till this point has to be giles and i know that's kind of opposite of what i said before when i was like where's her mom and why is he being weird but character wise i think he's my favorite he's very different i don't know he's not afraid to be like you guys are being stupid and be wrong and be like okay well he was in my running too yeah for favorite character for sure both for the episode and series so far i had considered him before saying buffy and willow respectively Giles is by far and away my favorite character for the past five episodes. He's just so great. And he does such a good job of like building up Buffy, you know, and like really enhancing her characteristics. But also like, I think he, I don't know. I just really like him. He's a great contrast to her. Like yeah. they he's a great create, contrast to all of them. He's, yeah. yeah, he he's creates a little a bit spot. of yeah. like a like a beacon in the chaos. Like he's mm-hmm. your home base, and like, he has such killer lines too. Yeah, he but does. my favorite character this episode is Angel because <laughs> oh, so I surprised. loved him so much. That scene, I just love it so much. So you didn't do anything that scene. <laughs> I know it's, he he did. There's some bias happening. There's here. a thousand percent some bias happening. She's it's, in love with. Especially just like what he looked like. <laughs> Which is how he looked this whole episode. No. Ever since she how was he like... looked this whole episode. <laughs> ever, wow. since, ever since she was like, what, 12? Yeah. She's been in love with David Boreanaz. Yeah. 
Which I is fine. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad that I don't care for him as a character at no, all right now. No, I think that it's okay that you don't care for him as a character at all. I just really liked his face acting, if I'm being completely honest. Like, I think all you just like his face. But in that episode, it's where, like, you can really see him brooding. Like you said, you didn't notice that he was jealous, but, like, there was some subtle acting there, and I really The character that. of Angel is starting to be developed. Yes. Here. I agree. I really, I just really see it in that scene, and I really like that. He's being I still don't care for it, but created. I agree that things started happening with him. It it's starting to matter. It definitely wasn't just a tuxedo mask kind of thing. Yeah. Which is how we felt before. <laughs> he, I heard that. He's I not loved my, that. Thank you. He's not my favorite tuxedo character class. in every episode that he's in, but I just really liked him in this episode. That's fair. Okay, so question number three. Question number three. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you predict that the anointed one was going to be the little boy? Did you no, see that twist coming? I, no, and I loved it. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> I know you said you really liked it, but I didn't yeah. ask you if you'd seen it coming. No, that's okay. Not. I didn't see it coming at all because like, they, they were so blatant about it was gonna be the that judgment guy. freak. Yeah, being well, he the was anointed so one. creepy. Yeah, no, like, even like, as a human. Yeah, well, yeah, he's all being all weird on the bus. The kid tries to talk to him and he's like, we're going to get judged or whatever the fuck he said. Uh, <laughs> Pork and beans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I liked that, too. <laughs> Um, they spoke to me while I was sleeping. Like, he's yeah. so weird. Well, that makes sense because he's a vampire now. No. I assume he means the Never vampires. again do they reference speaking to you while you're sleeping. That's <laughs> well, not a vampire a, thing. That's right. a no, psycho thing. No, I think thing. while he was being turned, the they, they Order of Aurelius to told um, him about her. Maybe. Yeah. Or he's or a he's serial killer. Both yeah. are, both or he's a serial killer who got turned into a vampire, yeah. which is just a bad mix anyway. I did not see it coming at all because there is no point where I questioned what was going on. So so, well done to the writer of this episode. Yeah. Nice. You don't remember whether or not you saw it I coming. don't. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I don't even remember how old I was when I saw this episode. For the yeah. Well, I was like 30 years ago when you first 30? saw this episode. <laughs> 30? Don't age me like that. <laughs> this didn't even come out. This came out 25 years ago. So I know, but even... I gotta talk shit. And we definitely. You're also not even 30 years old. <laughs> I was gonna say, we definitely watched it on DVD. So yeah, like yeah. well after it was oh, out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Question number four. Question number four. Number four. <laughs> Am I supposed to sing number four too? You can yeah. if you want to. No, I'm good. Four. <laughs> All right. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, so what's the most 90s thing you noticed about this episode? <laughs> the beeper. If the apocalypse comes beat me. Um, yeah, that and uh G- Giles didn't have a cell phone to Call her beeper. Yeah, no Holy phone, shit. I'm afraid. There was a legit, like, five-minute period where he was hiding from the vampires in the funeral home, and then it went to them at the bronze, and I was like, why hasn't he beeped her yet? Fucking get that pager, dude. What are you doing? And then, like, there <laughs> was a point, a it just dawned on me. It was like, he doesn't have a cell phone. Not everyone had cell phones then. <laughs> no shit. one had cell phones then. That's yeah. why she had a beeper. Yeah, well, like, if... Cell phones are new. I mean, yeah, Bill Gates probably had a cell phone at that point. Our parents had cell phones. Not in in 77. No, my dad. 77. (laughs) Definitely not in 77. Not 97. (laughs) No, my dad didn't have a cell phone in 97 either. No, but Um, we did. Our parents did because when in 2001, we were messing around with their old phones. 2001 is four years after that. I know, but they. Never mind. It was after the new millennium that mom and dad got cell phones. I'm going to ask mom. All right. I'm sure she'll know for sure right. what year she got her cell phone. No, I, it just didn't even occur to me that cell phones weren't a thing yet. It was bothering me. What was the most, most 90s, 90s thing you noticed? Thing. 
we're going to such and such a place. You there? Ooh, I didn't catch that one. <laughs> the line? That was Cordelia. And actually, she said, we're loitering. At the bronze. At the bronze. You there? And we're loitering is very 90s as well. And then at the end of the episode, Owen says he wanted to end the date at Ben and Jerry's, which does not exist anymore either. Or maybe it does, but not as readily. Mine was um, Giles with the newspaper about the convict who was murdered in the Because <laughs> who has newspapers anymore? <laughs> like printed? You can still get a newspaper if you, you want. You can, but like that's how he got his information. It wasn't like breaking news on a phone yeah. or like something on the television. He like Or even a computer. Yeah, it was on a newspaper, which mm-hmm. I really like. I appreciated that. Yeah, that makes sense. That's all we have for our pop quiz section. Moving on to character development. Here we go. All right, so our new characters. Uh, it's pronounced character development. <laughs> the new characters that we have are the anointed one, creepy vampire guy, and Owen. Ooh. I really almost wanted to include striped teenager that Buffy yells at. <laughs> but I don't know that we can really count him. <laughs> you you have very explicitly only included named characters up to this point. Yeah. Say. Otherwise, I'd be in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just threw it in there because I thought it would be funny, but no, I didn't actually want to include it. So Owen, the anointed one, and Andrew Boba. Hey, Chelsea. What? What are your feelings on Owen? I hate Owen. So... Would you care to elaborate? (laughs) I would. Thank you for asking. So I understand that this is maybe not the intended opinion. Um, I don't know if it's a popular opinion or not. I really don't care. I don't like Owen. If he wasn't the air quote cute character, he would be a total creep. Like a complete psychopath. I need my Emily. What kind of gross, disgusting weirdo needs my Emily? Like, ew. I agree. That was weird. And okay, he wants to lock himself in a dark room. That gets mentioned. That's antisocial behavior. You know who else is antisocial? Me. Murderers. (laughs) She makes a comment about losing track of time in the episode and that's why she didn't make it to the first date yeah and he's like i thought that only happened to me no one Ooh, commented no. on that i i think he was just being playful there yeah I he don't, was I, trying to be nice yeah okay. but that was that was flirting because he was like oh i thought that was I, the only one that i agree that with everything to. else you've said he that okay. was 100 just flirting if even if we take that one out he follows her to the funeral home right so let's just break that down he follows her without her permission creepy stalker psycho what if Gross. he was just going to the funeral home by himself i don't care he no. knew she was going she said don't follow me and he followed her that's gross if he didn't know she was going there i would buy that yeah and the reason he follows her is because he so desperately wants to see dead bodies like that's just a goth thing he didn't dress goth so it made it weird (laughs) as a former goth kid i could understand most of that being one or two things that you have but he had all of them that's fair so (laughs) two things jess disagrees (laughs) two things no i don't even know that i disagree but two things first one no one knew about emily dickinson and his interest in that i think what the draw was for all of the girls was that he was a quiet attractive boy and he didn't talk to anyone the thing that i find interesting is there were guys at our high school that were unattractive that were like that Everything that you just described, antisocial, read weird books. I know where you're going with this. And you hung out with all of them. (laughs) You're not wrong, but 
as I was listening to your guys' first episode, I feel like the perspective of a teenage girl is very clear, right? And it's very clearly stated. So now in this rewatch that I'm doing, I'm looking at it as a mom, right? As a teenage girl, I was totally there, 100%. I wanted the bad boy. I thought I wanted him to, you know be so broody and mysterious and whatever no you want him to tell you what he's thinking because you're not psychic but those are things you learn as you grow so as I've been looking at it as a parent this time just to kind of try to get a different perspective and the more I watched him in this episode the more I was like Owen is everything our mother hated about every single one of our exes (laughs) (laughs) well (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I think that it's not fair to say, because he was talking about locking himself in a dark room, not like locking someone else in a dark room. Those are two different kinds of people, because like, I like going into a dark room and reading a book by myself. But do you lock yourself away in a dark room? If I think Dean's going to interrupt me, hell yeah, I lock that door. (laughs) Well, you're kind of creepy too. What are you going to do? Well, that's fine. But like, but do you lock yourself away in a dark room and also obsess about seeing dead bodies? Because I feel like those two things together make you kind of creepy. I don't think he was obsessed with seeing a dead body. I think he was was definitely excited. I was going to say he said it like fourteen times. That's also kind of a. There are a lot of teenage boys that just be like, "Oh, I get to see a dead body." Yeah, like not even like weirdos. That's I didn't. That's a teenage boy thing. My thing with Owen is that as many times as Jess gets to bring up what it's like being a teenage girl, I can say there are a lot of teenage boys that are like (laughs) fucking. Would yeah. just be like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. that's awesome. Let's go play right. with a stick. All right, that's fair. I so guess. I could see why that would feel like a red flag, but it no, when they're it teenagers, could or could not be. It, sure, there's nuance there. I think. Sure, that was Owen. We didn't really get a whole lot on the anointed one. <laughs> I also did not say any feelings on Owen. <laughs> oh, did you? Do you have feelings? I don't on fucking Owen? remember, but <laughs> you skipped me. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up. My, no, my feelings on Owen were I was really hot and cold with him when he walked into the library for the first time. And he was all weird and said, I need my Emily. I was like, I don't hang out with this guy. <laughs> this guy is fucking weird. Um, and then he like kind of grew on me for a minute. Like he was good at flirting with Buffy, which made him personable. It's weird that he danced with Cordelia when he didn't want to. She like, was grabby. She was. And he like, I think they did a good job of showing he was not interested in it. Mm-hmm. I think that was more to speak but, to his good guy side. Like he can't say no because yeah. he's trying to be polite. Yeah. That's fair. And that wasn't like off putting to me. I was just like, I would just tell her no. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, I remember there was a point he showed up there and he got excited and he was like, are we going to look at corpses? That's not how he said it, but <laughs> it was the vibe. And I wrote down that like he felt different, like extra creepy. Like he didn't. It's the only time he showed any emotion. Yeah, and uh-huh. then that's when he got creepy, and that's not cool. But yeah, so I was like, oh, he feels different, and I don't like it. And as I was thinking about, it, I was like, well, he did talk about how he only reads Emily Dickinson because she talks about death. So I guess it's fitting for his character. It just felt weird. Like it jarred me. Yeah, yeah. And then he showed up, and he was like, I want to be the danger man. And I was like, you're okay. Yeah, <laughs> fucking weirdo i think i I mean i wrote down something like oh no he's blowing it i think a lot of your issues with owen weren't on owen but from personal bias no i think owen and buffy's relationship was bad and i think the whole point of the episode was to show that you shouldn't be with someone if you cannot 100 percent be your authentic self but also don't kill them well don't kill them yes that's a big message but the whole struggle the title message (laughs) 
the struggle, the analytical struggle that I was going to get into later, but I can just briefly mention right now is that like the whole point was Buffy was struggling to have a personal relationship with someone who she couldn't be 100% herself with. She wasn't interested in the things that he was talking about. He looked at death as this romantic thing and she's a little more pragmatic about it because she has experience with it. Right, she has to deal with it. Yeah, so... Yeah, but look at his face. <laughs> it's not even that good. Like, I know that sounds wow. really bad, but he's not even like, they picked the wrong actor. I don't know about that, but. Well, I mean, part of it's his ability to act out the character too, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't have feelings on his face one way or the other. There so are a lot of very attractive characters in this show, and hopefully I'm invited That's back to TV comment works. on them later. <laughs> but like, he is not the one. He's not even high up on the list. Of attractive characters in this show. Interesting. For what they were trying to make him, in my opinion. Word. So some characters that we didn't see, we didn't see Buffy's mom or uh, Principal Flutie or Darla, but the master did come back and we learned a little bit more about him. Or realized things we already knew. Yeah. This was the first time we saw him after, since the harvest. I don't really have any feelings on it. I commented earlier that we learned he's trapped. Well, I learned he's trapped. I think you can say that they made it more clear that he was trapped. Yeah, they made it more clear. Um, But other than that. He didn't really grow. Yeah, he didn't grow. He looks like a fucking idiot. That's it. Right? Thank you. Yeah, I got you. Like, ugh. Xander got grosser. Yeah, once, I think once momentarily. Again, when it comes to Xander specifically, it feels like a different person has written every episode we've watched. Yeah. Counting one and two is the same episode. Every time, I'm like, this is a different character. I don't think they know what to do with him yet. I feel yeah. like you could say the same about Angel for each episode as well. well. Uh, Angel's only been in yeah. three episodes so okay, far, Okay, three though. of five, though. And yeah. if they're different in each one. Yeah, they are, but in different... Out, yeah, because he's so unprevalent. It doesn't feel like it's a different writer. It feels like one writer who didn't know what he was doing, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, That's an he, interesting take. Yeah. I don't know if it's different writers or not. Like, it could all it could all be Joss Whedon. Each episode could have a different writer. I have not looked at the credits. Like, episode one, they were like, we need a mysterious guy who's broody and handsome or whatever. Well, and I think they didn't have the broody part down yet sure. in the first episode. Yeah, because yeah, so he, he doesn't have smarmy. the overhang forehead thing yet. Yeah. yeah. So, once again tuxedo cross shows up gives gives her her a thing she should have already had i'm dying on that hill i know you are and dips and it's like cool the guy that showed up saved her i guess and then the next time he showed up he was the hot guy that gave her a jacket Mm -hmm. and that was it It, like such a minor character so today he showed up and they were like let's give him a personality Yeah. yeah maybe we have an idea what we're doing yeah so that's different than Xander, who they were like, let's First make time him... he was riding a skateboard. Yeah, Second yeah. Time... They were like, yeah, let's make him this like free, caring, outspoken, fun guy. And they were like, let's just make him in love with Buffy and not do yeah. anything with him. And then they were like, let's just make him kind of a horn dog. And then, and today, then today they, they were like, let's make pervy. him a fucking jerk. Yeah. Pervert. Yeah. yeah. It's a different character every time. Sure. I think he's just adapting. Like, you got to think about. I know, I know, I know. Hold on. Because I think you got to think about how much is happening in these five episodes. Because this isn't necessarily five days. No, it's over the course of the school year. It is so much happening, right? Mm -hmm. He finds out that, well, first of all, his best friend dies, right? Right. In episode one or two. I don't care about that at all. And I know, but (laughs) imagine he did. not care about Jesse. Right? And then (laughs) you find out your new love interest is a slayer. You have a crush on a praying mantis. I mean, he's got a lot going on. He's had a lot. 
you know so maybe he's just still trying to process i mean i don't know if you remember being a teenager but i was a lot of different people when i was a teenager (laughs) like i have have blacked out so much of being it was hard i can't tell you how many stories i hear about myself and i'm like fuck that's probably true (laughs) (laughs) probably from me too a lot of them are from you jack my ex-wife so many people yeah i'm sure (laughs) i think that willow while she hasn't had a lot of screen time, I think that you see a lot it's, more of her being she's like... She's the exact opposite of Xander. She's, she's getting super stronger. Con, she's super consistent. They give her the same types of lines, the same types of roles, but she's so unprevalent that it's hard to hold on to. Because well, she's easy to write, but also le- easy to lose. Yeah, exactly. But I agree with that 100%. She's just been Buffy's cheerleader. Like, yeah, that's like all. She's just been hyping bu- Buffy bu- up. Buffy's cheerleader slash tech girl. Yeah. I hope that you'll soon see more from her, but I just... I mean, I will at some point, no matter what, right? Yeah. Assuming you watch the next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, the two biggest relationships that I think we saw in this episode were Buffy with Giles and Buffy with Cordelia. And I want to start with Cordelia because I want to end on Are a high t- note. <laughs> Are we talking relationships or characters? Because uh, I mean, kind of both. All right, because you switched the words. I and did. Those are different Apologies. things. Apologies. It's okay. But just, I, have I thoughts think on that the relationships both. bloomed and enhanced the character development or lack thereof. Because I feel like Cordelia has been exactly the same the whole time. She has. Except that she's getting a little bit more competitive with Buffy. That's right. true. She's acknowledging her as a rival. Mm-hmm. When before she was just some girl at the school. Because Cordelia was very aggressive in this episode. Well, I think, again, that goes back to she's acting just like Xander, just in a female way. You know what I mean? In her own way. She's being jealous. She's being petty. She's being snarky and, and inappropriate. And grabby. Salty goodness. Yeah, yeah, and grabby. Like, it's just not... I mean, she's doing exactly the same thing, but for some reason, it's socially acceptable for her. I do think that if Cordelia's character was a man, that no one would be okay with the no. way she behaved in this I would episode. hate her the same way I hate Owen. You know, I think that there's a little bit of a double standard there in, in the sexes, which... No. I don't know. There shouldn't be. I agree. Everyone deserves to feel safe and not to feel like they're being stalked or harassed. Yeah, which... Cordelia is like, from the beginning, you know, from first episode, she was like, I want what I want and I like expensive things and I want the senior varsity boys to look at me and all of this stuff. So like, it's very in character for her. I think that she's just becoming a little bit more bold and also, you know, she's into the same guys as Buffy and anytime that you've got two girls who are into the same boy, petty crap comes up, you know, especially when one of them is a little spoiled and a little used to just getting her way, you know? But I think you also need to remember this is told primarily from Buffy's point of view. Yeah, but that doesn't doesn't take away from the fact that that is Cordelia Sure, but perhaps and that, that goes into Cordelia's. what I talked about during episode one about how, I mean, Buffy's not really like a nerd or a dork, but it plays on it like she was and Cordelia is the popular girl. It's really right. similar to like uh, Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Like yes. the popular girls are the bitches and the villains mm-hmm. and need to be disregarded as such and we need to feel for the hero of the story. Right. So we're given a bias. Right. Because I think if we looked at it from Cordelia's point of view, she was trying to be nice to Buffy at the beginning and then she got Ooh, especially on. in episode one, Buffy and just then, ditched her. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I think... She was like, yeah, you're... No, I'm gonna go hang out with this girl. And it's like... But we're not supposed to think about that. We're supposed to think about only Buffy, which yeah, we're is like, fine. Oh, Buffy co- and chose great. the cool girl instead of looking at yeah. who we could view as the cool girl and being like, why'd this chick ditch her? That's not cool. Yeah. yeah. So like, I just think that 
that's like intentional. Like she's intentionally a bad person. She's intentionally obnoxious. But I really truly think that we wouldn't be so. I don't know. I think she and Xander acted the same in this episode. I don't agree. Also, I didn't realize I was going to be the villain of the table when I said this, <laughs> but I really liked Cordelia this episode. This Did was you? my favorite episode. Interesting. Uh, so as far as she goes, yeah. She developed in a way that I think is fun. Like, she's still the same exact person she's been all five episodes that I hated, episodes one through four. But, like, the way she went about it this episode, I really enjoyed. I liked her hip check of Buffy. Uh, I liked. Just, just like, I don't know, the way she was presented, I guess. I don't know. And so I had to think about it a lot when you said that it would be treated different when if she was a guy. Yeah. And I was trying to imagine each scenario gender swapped to see if I would, how differently I would feel. I'd, yeah. If it was um, a guy pushing another guy out of the way to sit in a chair. Um, I don't think I would actively like that guy. I don't think I'd dislike him either. Well. Uh, I think, so if the guy getting pushed out of the way was our protagonist in a show, I would think the other guy was a jerk because I was meant to think the other guy was right. a jerk. I think in like a real life scenario, if two guys are vying for the same girl and they both walk up to her empty table to talk to her and one pushes the other out of the way, I don't think I'd have strong feelings on that one way or the other. No. I don't think I think he's a jerk. I don't think I think he's a hero or anything by any means, but. Right. I don't think I'd be like, fuck that guy. Do you think your analysis has something to do with the fact that you like bad girls? Maybe. And Some, I get, honestly, like, that was the one scene where I was like, I really, like, I like what she's doing. You like doing the sass. Here. You like that she yeah. wanted it and she was going to get it. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I did. Which totally speaks to your taste in women. Word. And I don't think that's a bad no, thing no, at all. Fine. I think I'm that's not, totally cool. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with wanting what you want and going uh, for it. Yeah. Well, one thing I do want to emphasize is if you remember when we were talking about the first episode, I mentioned that Cordelia has a cult following. Mm -hmm. And it's because in a lot of ways, she is this powerful strong female yeah. character who's not afraid to go after what she wants and she's very male style aggressive almost with the way that she does things but she does it in a way that's still feminine yeah uh i have one more thing to add because you brought this up with the relationship of her and buffy yeah and it's still during that cafeteria um scene after she hip checks her and they're just like they're like talking shit to each other basically yeah. it was during that scene where i was like i'm kind of in like enjoying cardelia here but i was enjoying buffy too like it was just like a fun moment and it was good for both of them exactly yeah because in that scene where she was like i didn't know cordelia's hips were so wide not okay yeah rude like, buffy if we're gonna be honest we're gonna be honest all the way through yeah. that was rough yeah that's why i wrote that down because i don't remember ever hearing that line before right. in watching this episode but i was just like oh, that's not nice yeah yeah, that's not okay. Say, like, I get that she just shoved you down on the ground and made you lose all of your lunch all over the floor, but, like, you shouldn't let someone else's bad behavior dictate your behavior. My mom used to say that to us all the time. All the and she'd make us repeat it to her when we'd argue with her we would argue with her and say well but this happened and she would say say it with me yeah because the thing is is like yeah cordelia is supposed to be the mean girl but buffy has that in her too and that was a really big moment for buffy's character for us to see that she can be vindictive and mean also that's true if i'm gonna enjoy one i don't feel like i can slam on the other sure. and i know and I did enjoy both, which maybe makes me a bad person. I don't no. know. It doesn't make you a bad person. I don't know if it's character development 
or what, but her hair in that scene where it's crimped and off to the side. Oh my gosh. Banging. I love it. Love it. I want to bring crimped <laughs> I, hair back from the 90s so bad. I couldn't decide if I liked it or not, but I it, I acknowledged it for it sure. I was like, what it? is that hair set? Oh, I didn't see the glitter. I didn't see the glitter either, yeah. but, but I just I love I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm pretty sure it had glitter in it, like that glitter I body s- spray, but it was for your hair. You know what I'm talking about? Vaguely. Sure. No, maybe. Anyway. I don't know shit about styling hair, so I didn't even know it was crimped. I just noticed it looked different, and I was like, yeah, what is going a, on with her hair? It's a different type of hot iron, yeah. and it's... No, yeah, I, know, I know what it is now that you said it. Super 90s. <laughs> yeah, now that you say that, I remember being a kid and women having that yeah. hair. Yeah. And seeing crimpers. Like, I watched my cousin crimp her hair multiple yeah, times, little, so I know. Like, oh, man. Yeah. But I miss it. Yeah. I miss it so much. Next, we have Buffy and Giles. And we mentioned the, the telephone thing, but also I think it's super important. The telephone that, thing. Uh, that Giles didn't have a cell phone. The cell phone's not a telephone. It's a cell phone. Okay. Giles didn't have a phone. And I think that that was another nod towards his dislike of technology. Oh, yeah. That I mentioned in like the first episode. Yeah. He was like, she has a beeper thing. He didn't even know what a pager was. Like... Super. I can't believe you haven't seen it because I heard that when I was re-listening to episode one earlier and you say that all the time and I can't imagine someone watching the show and not immediately picking up on Giles hating everything technology. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even get it here and you're right. He totally said beeper thing and I was just yeah, like super anti-technology. Yeah. So we just got to see a little bit more of that. As I'm sitting here mad that he doesn't have a cell phone. <laughs> and this was where I was like, I feel like they kind of used him being British as a cop out because he brought up Emily Dickinson being an American. And I was like, OK. Oh, <laughs> you know? I liked that. Right, right. Like, do we think that present day Giles would have a cell phone? Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, but it would be like a flip phone. I'm uncomfortable answering because <laughs> of my limited information. <laughs> OK. That's fair. Um, I don't, I don't if, think he would. If you had asked me without all the buildup of how he talks about technology, I'd be like, yeah, everyone has a cell phone. Why are you asking? <laughs> I don't think he would. No. <laughs> but now I feel stupid for saying that. No, so. right now at this moment, I don't yeah, think he would. I don't know. So in this episode, Buffy and Giles, when they had a disagreement, Giles was right, in my opinion. Buffy should have canceled her date and handled the vampire situation. Yeah, and it was... I think that was pretty clear. Proven feels like a strong word, but he was proven right, essentially, in that a slayer is going to have a hard time maintaining a social life with the slayer life. And she resisted that and was like, no, I can date too. And it did not work out for her, and he was proven right. Yeah, on that note, in the scene where she finds him in the morgue, and she's like, I gotta go get Owen, he's like, you brought a date? He says, and I wrote it down. Buffy, when I said you can slay vampires and have a social life, I didn't mean at the same time. And I wanted to be like, when did you say that, Giles? Because I have not heard you say one right. thing that you can do both. I've heard you only say she can't. That's funny, because I also had that thought, but like to such a minor degree, because I like just made like the questioning face and I was like, did you say that? No. Maybe I misunderstood that scene and I didn't rewind no. to check. I was just I've like, always oh. just assumed he meant when they were at the gravesite at the stakeout and yeah. he was like, yeah, you can go. That's what uh, I always yeah. assumed he meant. Maybe. No, that, yeah, that makes a lot <laughs> of sense. Yeah. I, I think you're right, because he, he explicitly says, yeah, go on your date. Yeah. Like, I guess yeah, he didn't really yeah. say, I don't, I'm not really angry, but I was just like, when did you <laughs> yeah. say that? I don't think I ever heard you say, you can do both. In fact, Buffy said, it's the 1990s. I can do both. Yeah, it's <laughs> the he, 90s. The 1990s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's the whole point of the episode, right? Is mm-hmm. making that change from adolescence, from childhood into, hey, you have to balance fun 
and work. Like there's things people are counting on you. Things are, you know, required of you and you have to, yeah, you have to meet those. I think that was kind of the whole point. And then she very gracefully bows out of her relationship with Owen because at the end of the day, responsibility is responsibility. We've gotten through all of the character development except for Buffy herself, which we talked a little bit about it. But I feel like in this episode, the biggest character development is I think Buffy's starting to take her Slayer duties a little bit more seriously. Because through the whole episode, she was like, Giles, I have a date. And I wanted to be like, girl, you can change the time of your date. Just even ask Owen if he's available on Friday. Like, what? You know, and so then at the, the end. The literal end of the world is happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but teenage you totally identified with Buffy. And the only reason I know that is because same sees. Well, yeah, I've talked before about the fact that like for real teenage girls, a lot of that stuff feels like the end of the world if they right. don't get to do this, that or the other. But like, I don't know. I just feel like it was a big learning moment for Buffy because at the end, she acknowledges that she should have been there for Giles. She should have been at the funeral home from the get go and stuff like that. Uh, we were <laughs> talking about her and Giles's relationship. And one thing I wanted to say was I really liked the uh the way the episode essentially began and ended with them talking and it was just a one-on-one conversation both times you definitely saw growth and i think that was a really nice uh narrative decision i think every episode almost has started with her and him talking i don't know if they've all ended that way i haven't paid that close of attention but with this episode it just really stood out as character growth and i appreciated it any last words on character development and then we're gonna move on no i think cordelia and sander were the ones i wanted Uh. to talk about we found out Owen. Giles wanted to be a fighter pilot. Yeah, I was oh, going to say did. the last, or the last thing that I wanted to really talk about was yeah. Giles revealing a little bit about his past and how he did not want to be a watcher. No. And he was 10 when his dad was like, well, guess what, bro? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah, 10? What? Yeah, that's 10 was brutal. pretty young, but also like, you know. I mean, that's probably the right call, especially if he already specifically wanted to be a fighter pilot. Nip it in the butt, right? Like, hey, yeah, yeah, it sure. sucks, but it's not going to happen. Don't Cut that harbor down those before hopes. it gets too. Because yeah. yeah. it's going to be a lot harder to tell a 16 year old that he can't be a fighter pilot than a 10 year old. Yeah. I mean, both are going to be hard, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he might have grown out of that by the time no. he was a teenager. He wasn't about to be like, I want to be a watcher, though. Yeah. He yeah. probably didn't know what a watcher was. Exactly. That's true. That's true. So, first dream you have, we're going to nip it in the butt and tell you what your reality is. You yeah. Know? That's true. So, that was just a really big moment, which is going to lead us into favorite slash surprise moments. So, Stash, do you have any favorite lines, moments that surprised you other than the anointed one? I need a button. That says, I'm a slayer, ask me how. I used to have a button that said, I'm a slayer, ask me how. And I had it on my R2-D2 backpack. And I'm so bummed because it fell off somewhere in this Uh, world. And I'm devastated because it was my favorite thing. I'm devastated for you. (laughs) It was and bright like, red for and me said, because you had one yeah and i didn't <laughs> yeah it was so great in that case i won't wear my button that says i'm a slayer ask me how i did laugh very hard in the cafeteria how'd the laying go <laughs> <laughs> so buffy how'd the slaying go last night Sander, Sander, sh- i mean how'd the laying go no, no, I don't wait, mean I didn't that either. Mean that either. <laughs> <laughs> I am tickled by that every time. Smooth. Yeah. Yeah. And then he doesn't even try to come up with a third. No, nope, he's just done after that. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to put down the shovel. Yeah. And I'm Good like, idea. smart Good move. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the right call. Uh, we could invite the chess club. 
but <laughs> they start fights and drink. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote that one down too. I was like, where's this chess club? I know. Can they like, come That's though? my kind of chess fight. Yeah. Chess club. Chess fight. Fuck it. I mean, whatever. <laughs> First rule of chess club. Yeah. Fight. <laughs> Yep, that's what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, I for sure was. <laughs> if the apocalypse comes, beat me. I love that line. Like, it's so nonchalant, and it just speaks to her beginning of the episode <laughs> character. Yeah, like, it it's fine. And then her end of the episode character is like, okay, maybe it's not fine. I liked her. A cranky slayer is a careless slayer. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, to be fair, within the first five minutes of the episode, Giles is, like, giving her a hard time because she didn't kill the vampire well enough. And I feel like... <laughs> she did a great job. It was dead. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> successful. My favorite line was... I didn't write down the exact quote, so I'm trying to remember it. My calculations are precise. No, they're bad was, calculations. Yeah, they're bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just jump in my time machine and go back 12,000 years and tell the vampires to delay their prophecy for a few days so that you can take in dinner and a show. I don't think that that was the exact verbiage. It was pretty darn close. It was really close. But the part I liked was when she said, no, they're bad calculations. And he's just like, I'm pretty sure I did them right. (laughs) I liked when Owen was like, he tried to bite me. What a sissy. In the scene where Giles was talking to Buffy, I really liked how he was like, I've got all these books, but I don't have an instruction manual. And he Mm -hmm. was like trying to make her feel better. So he was like, you're doing really well, which was a very contrasting line to the beginning where he was like sloppy. Yeah. You could do better. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that speaks to his growth. Yeah, it does. Clark Kent has a job. I just want to go on a date. Yeah, but Clark Kent isn't in high school. That's true. He He also doesn't have... But he also he doesn't didn't have, have a job a, in Smallville. No, yeah. but he had a date. Oh. Well, in Did Smallville, he? He? not I really. I didn't watch Smallville. I just assumed he didn't not have a job. Not really. I very boldly and, claimed that for not having watched the show. And when he had a job, he didn't really have a date then either. <laughs> like the whole premise of Superman and Lois Lane is they can't be together because they'll use her against him or whatever. No, know. I'm pretty sure they're together. Yeah, they're pretty exclusively together all the that's time that's true for a lot of superheroes i don't think they really do that with superman though mm. except in injustice which is fucking fire that's a great comic series your husband owns the whole series you should those read are it. words you just said yeah i liked cordelia in the bronze after she said salty goodness and angel walks right up to buffy she goes why is this happening to me <laughs> sorry cordelia but it's not about you <laughs> Yeah. The last one that I have that I don't think has been mentioned yet is I really liked when Owen lent Buffy his watch and Xander looked down at his. His Tweety Bird. <laughs> yeah. And there was just like really large contrast there. I like the fact that they were both 16-year-old boys and I kind of feel like they were both believable 16-year-old boys because I think that some boys still had Tweety Bird watches whereas some boys had fancy pocket, pocket watch. watches. Well, yeah, because our brother had a pocket watch mm-hmm. and every boy you and I ever knew didn't. So, yeah. clearly. I didn't have my first pocket watch till I was 28. Yeah, my brother got one as a gift for my mother. Mine's Final Fantasy. That's pretty cool. It is cool. Um, this is engraved with his initials. That's cool in a different way. <laughs> that kind of leads us into the analysis portion, which my biggest thing for the analysis is Buffy kind of showing that 
should you date someone who you can't be 100% yourself with, which I think is super relevant to teenage girls, but also even girls in like their 20s mm-hmm. or like for me, at least until I started dating my husband, I didn't feel like I could be 100% myself with anyone that I dated, not because they did anything necessarily to make me feel that way. It just just was was how I yeah. felt in that like I felt the need to be my best self. And then I also felt like I couldn't really articulate my feelings to them or they'd be uninterested or turned off or what have you. And that really explains why I didn't end up with any of those people. Because right. if you can't be 100% yourself with the person you're seeing, you're dooming your relationship from the get go. Yeah, I think that speaks to at the beginning when she was faking her interest in poetry. And then yeah, you yeah, yeah, fast yeah. forward to the date and they didn't have anything to talk about. It's because she faked everything she was interested in. So they didn't have anything in common. And he said he found most teenage girls frivolous and shallow and it's like wow Buffy has a lot yeah. of depth that she can't talk about but before that that she might be very... when she looked at her beeper and I thought yeah. he said something that made her think of that instead of her just being disinterested see I would argue that the biggest theme of the episode is what I said earlier about learning to balance your responsibilities with your fun which things. I think is there and that was a huge theme but the reason that I felt like the being 100% yourself thing was a little bit more prevalent is Owen wouldn't have died if she didn't do her homework you know whereas sure. like not that the teenage boy would die if the teenage girl wasn't 100% herself but just like at the end the whole kind of quote unquote wrap up was her kind of realizing that as much as she liked this boy it wasn't right it wasn't right because he didn't understand her world and they didn't really click yeah. in that way sure. I mean there's always multiple things that I think they're trying to do with each episode so I'm definitely not discrediting that because she is a slayer so she has to figure out how to balance being a slayer with being a teenage girl but for most real life teenage girls, I feel like the message here is that you should focus on being yourself. I have final thoughts. Final (laughs) thoughts. Willow and Xander were the real heroes of this episode. True fucking homies. Just not invited to the fucking funeral home and going anyway. (laughs) Seeing Giles was in trouble. Smooth as fuck going to get Buffy, Mm -hmm. despite her complete lack of subtlety. Going back, dealing with all the danger, despite not having crosses like Giles does. Which they need to get some. Right? She <laughs> asks sure. him for a steak when yeah. they're in there. They need to be more prepared. They are so throwing themselves in danger for their friends, and I stand by it. The real heroes of the episode. Sure. I mean, agreed. I would maybe argue Willow a little bit more than Xander because it was Willow's idea to go after Giles and Xander even argues against it for half a second. Yeah, Xander's yeah, a jerk this episode. I was going to say because Xander wanted to spy on the date. Yeah. Also creepy. BTW. Well, not spy on the date, but I think he wanted to crash the date yeah. and go with them. But I will lame. say that despite that scene where he's like, oh, Giles is gone. It's fine. He did go with Willow still. So I will agree with you on that. In all caps, I wrote, don't let him walk home alone after <laughs> <laughs> after Owen's all spacey. And he's like, I think I'm just going to go. And she's like, do you want me to come? And he's like, no. And I was like, send someone. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. Xander and but, Willow took him. Yeah. I was scared for a second. I was like, you can't do that. Well, the next episode is The Pack. Do you have any predictions for that episode or future episodes? I do. Do you want to hear my predictions? (laughs) No, I sure don't. I was a fool this morning. Uh I read the next title and I was like, I'll just think about what that could be and move on. And it's The Pack. And I was like, they're going to run into werewolves. And then I read the description of the episode (gasps) and it says something about hyenas. And I was like, God damn it. Why did I read it? Why would you do that? Because it was on the screen and my eyes are faster than my brain. 
I took know. yourself You're out not... of such an awesome situation. Yeah, I know. You're not awesome. allowed you know. to read the next episode without me present. Yeah, I, I feel do. like I we need to take to away his Hulu access no. and only allow him one episode at a time. <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> anyway, so I think some hyenas are going to show up next episode. Nah. And <laughs> I if think I'm right, I think werewolves. every listener should send me $100. <laughs> <laughs> No, but my guess would have been werewolves. Other than that, no, I don't think I can add anything like for the series as a whole or for the season or anything that I haven't said before. Okay, cool. I think the master's gonna break out before de- being defeated. Ooh, that's now that that's I know a new he's prediction. Trapped. Do you want to hear my prediction, Stosh? No. Good call. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for joining us today for this episode. I hope you had fun. Thank you for having me. I did have a blast. Uh, for the listeners, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or you can reach out to us at Jim's Cancelled Pod at gmail.com. That's C A N C E L L E D. Until then, stay sunny, Slayers. don't know if you're gonna keep any of my audio <laughs> at all yeah we I just cut you all the way yeah. out surprise <laughs> we'll hear you laughing in the background everyone <laughs> <laughs>